Was that crispy? Yeah, it was really crispy. So kind of unlike a Krispy Kreme, right? I would say opposite to a Krispy Kreme. Have you ever had a Krispy Kreme? No. Pretty sure one of our listeners would know for a fact that that's just Josh. And yeah, I've had a Krispy Kreme. And was it crispy, Claire? Wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Don't Watch List. Welcome to Don't Watch List, where we bring you the very best of the worst TV. Except this time, we're not doing that. We're not going to do that, even though that's what we do. We do do that, I would say. We do do that. People know. No, hey, come on. I'm sorry. We're we're an elevated professional podcast. We don't do doo-doo jokes, all right? I mean, maybe you don't do doo-doo jokes. (laughs) You were like the last person in the world to do a doo-doo joke. I know. I don't know where that it's came not from. not who you are as a person. It's not. I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry, both to you, to our listeners, to myself. <laughs> Let's just move past this. But yeah, anyway, right. so <clears throat> we come to you on a very special day for some people. A day of love. Day of day love. Of Amor. I don't know it in any other languages. In in huh? Arabic, it's habibati. Oh. I think it's really fun. It's like my favorite it's word very from fun. Arabic. Habibati. Yeah. Habibati. It like bounces very nicely. It, is. it does oh. when you write it too. It's very bouncy. That's cute. I don't know it in Greek. I feel like I should though. I feel like you should. Uh, no, I do. It's um give me one second. Let You're are you Googling it? You're going. I am. You can't I'm binging say it. it. Like, oh, I'm, I'm binging it. it. I'm binging it, Claire. Oh, true. That's true. She bangs. She's a binger. I Agape. I knew that. I knew that. Agape. That's fun. Agape. I like that. Yeah, it's very fun. And then I love you is te agapo. Te agapo. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's fun. Um, so it's Valentine's Day for those of you who haven't put it together yet. Mm hmm. Where you get hearts and little candies and um, those of us who were very unfortunate in elementary school didn't get a single one of those because they weren't very popular. No, I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) Our teachers school, it was like very important. You had to get one for everybody. So if you got any, you had to get them for everybody. Ours was the same, but I always really wanted to like get a special one. Mm, A Um, secret one. Exactly. Like an underground Valentine. Oh, you know, we had like an underground snack market at my high school where people would sell like bags of potato chips or like sodas or Gatorades out of their backpacks. And there was, there were several people who did this. And so you had to know who carried the good stuff of what. So like one guy was really good with sodas because he carried ice packs in his backpack. So obviously Mm. you got soda from him. And one guy had like a duffel bag. So the chips didn't get crushed. So you always went to him for chips. Was there like a competition like did the the folks who had the lesser tier like maybe the warm sodas did they offer it like a lower price they savvy no not really and I think they could have benefited from like a little bit of of you know communication like with each other like hey maybe we should get into the like gummy gang right like no one's doing gummies I feel like that's a market that's just untapped and well you could have done gummies I absolutely would have got gummies but no one ever did you could have, and you said you absolutely would have, but you didn't. 
No, I would have bought gummies is what I'm saying. Oh, oh, you would have been a consu- consumer, not a Elise, provider, producer. You know how anxious I am. Do you yeah. think I'm going to be part of an underground snacks market? No, but you did run a gambling ring on Club Penguin, so I, I wouldn't put it past you. I did run a gambling ring on Club Penguin. That is one of my claims to fame. Sorry if any of you are, are my swindled victims. What a swindler. Swindler through and through. So at least what's going on in your life? What's, what's um, up? I actually recently discovered this new like type of sauce. Like I, I'm sure you've seen mm. it like here or there in certain supermarkets. I don't know if it's that common. Is it one honest? of the like Trader Joe's like simmer sauces or something? Kind of. Yeah. I found it at Harris Teeter, but like literally it's super hard to find. Okay. Um, even though like, I didn't really look that many places, but I'm sure it's like pretty hard to find. Okay. Um, just cause it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would appeal to a lot of people, but I'm really into it. And I've been putting on absolutely everything. Okay. I'm like on the edge of my seat right now. What is it? It's, oh gosh. I, I always like, don't really know how to pronounce it. It's like Shriracha. Sriracha? Yeah. No, no, no. It's got like an extra R in the yeah, front. It's yeah. Shriracha. Um, and it's like yeah. this, no, like, it's like, it has a red egg. hot sauce, green cap. Wait, how, you've heard of it? <laughs> What's so funny about this to me is that for Halloween, one of our friends went to Sriracha. And, and I'm pretty sure there. I was there and I have, because I was red hot chili flakes, we were like standing right next to right. each other. And we have a bunch of like specialized pictures together as like the spicy ones. Right. There's like um, photographic <laughs> evidence of your knowledge of the sauce Sriracha. <laughs> So I do, in fact, know what Sriracha is. It was a joke. It was a joke. You see, <laughs> I bamboozled on our listeners. all of you. <laughs> You're really going with like the old timey, um, old timey, what is it called? Catchphrase. Idioms. 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 Yeah. I don't know. Gosh Something about them is really your just calling to me. Yeah. I think, I think I peek at like grandpa humor. Mm. You know, like that's my funniest element. So I'm just trying something new on the podcast, you know? I like it. Yeah. It matches you, kind of. Thank you. Yeah. I, I I think so. Yeah. So anyways, what, do you, what have you been putting your sriracha on? Like, I don't think I've had a single meal without sriracha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, just... Okay, are you... Sorry, I'm like very fascinated by this. Mm-hmm. Are you like new to the hot sauce game or just no. the sriracha game just the, and like I enjoy sriracha so there's um a uh cafe right underneath my apartment building that I go to pretty often and they have like little uh to-go things of sriracha that okay. I steal like five of them at a time so I have access to it but it's not nearly enough access to put it on everything Sure. I finally broke down, got myself the first bottle of Sriracha I've ever personally owned in my life. Wow. Baby's first Sriracha bottle. Like I've owned other types of hot sauce, Tabasco, Cholula. Um, (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) that phrasing just really got to me. Like I've owned so many other types of hot sauce. Yeah. I'm a hot sauce connoisseur. And I just never, never thought to get sriracha because I only have one hot sauce at a time. And I'm like, I only need what? one. If I want something spicy, I only need wait, the one. Wait, sorry, you only have one hot sauce at a time. Why? I don't, I only need the one. 
that's absolutely not true you need like you need like a green hot sauce I like green no. chalula. you need like a red hot sauce I usually use sriracha or franks mm. you need like a specialty hot sauce I usually go for like a habanero and mango type of deal mm. like you need a lot of hot sauces you need options not me I'm a one hot sauce kind of gal mm, monogamous Mm-hmm. Mahakamus. Wow. Monogamous. Mahatsasness. Mahatsasamanus. I really wish you were not doing this. <laughs> I really wish I was doing more of it. I feel like we're really at an impasse. I mean, I edit this, so I you can go on as long as you want. I will be cutting it. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> Don't cut me. Only because you asked nicely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I put it on eggs. I put it on, I've been making like little sandwiches with some brioche buns that I have. Um, love brioche. Yeah. Burger buns. Um, sometimes I just like have the, I don't know if I should say this no, you live, have to say it. but sometimes I'll just like take, you know how though you have those weird snacks, right? Yeah. I'll take a brioche bun, just a half. Sometimes I just need a halfy top or bottom top okay but like I'll have to eventually have the bottom by itself but it's not nearly as satisfying right, the, I'll go the, the for the goal top first. of the snack is top yeah exactly. that's actually what I was picturing so I'm glad that I was I was accurate yeah. yeah and I'll drizzle just like a little bit of sriracha on it and just eat it right like that I don't love it but like I can see why it would be good it's tasty um and most I- recently I put it on like I had a salad and I had dressing and I put like some cheese and I put some like turkey on it and like some uh, tomatoes and then I put hot sauce on it. The sriracha sounds really good, actually. It was really good. So I just I, had a really great idea. Hmm. So like brioche bread, right? Right. And then you do it up like French toast, except instead of like cinnamon and sugar, you do like garlic powder and like sriracha, and so you have like savory French toast. That sounds delicious. Like it could either be the greatest thing ever or like completely revolting. There's no, there's going to be no middle ground here. I could see it though, because I recently, this is slightly different, but mm-hmm. similar vibe. Okay. I recently made cinnamon rolls and Love cinnamon rolls. once they cooled off and like, you know how when cinnamon rolls cool off, they kind of get a little bit hard. Yes, I do. I dipped that in hot sauce. So I got like a sweet and savory like combo with the icing yeah it was actually so good I don't know if it was no. just because I was on my period and had super weird cravings that's absolutely what it was that sounds disgusting Claire I brought this to you in the group chat and you said I it sounded delicious I was on my period when you talked about it last time and since I am no longer on my period I have changed my mind I stand by it I think it's, I don't I think it's delicious I want you to try it again I'm scared to. Yeah, because you know it's going to be terrible. <laughs> I'll keep you updated. Please do. If I try it again, if I'm brave enough, <laughs> you'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> um, what's, go- what's going on with you, Claire? Honestly, nothing compares to discovering um, the most underrepresented hot sauce on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought new Naturally. jeans recently Ooh. and I'm very excited about it. Cause I had, I had two pairs of jeans. I don't, I don't need that many jeans, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need a couple pairs, keep them on rotation. Right. I had two pairs of jeans and one of them I thought was too big. I was mm-hmm. like, mm, these like, they feel, they feel baggy. 
I discovered they're not actually too big. My mm. other jeans were slightly too small, but they had like, they were the Ooh. size that I've worn for years and years. I haven't really gained or lost a lot of weight. So I was like, these are my size. Yeah. Turns out they're not my size. I think it's because they're, they're dark wash. And so dark wash jeans get a little smaller. So mm-hmm. I ordered new pair of jeans and they nice. fit so well. And now I'm nice. just like waiting for an opportunity to, to wear them out. You know? Yeah. Head out Show on the them town. Out, out on the, I was going to say that Claire. I know, but I'm doing the, the old man thing. So that's like, true. I, I should have given that to you. Thank it's you. on brand. Yeah. <laughs> I always love that though. When you discover like your actual correct size and you buy something that like you've been putting off, whether it's a bra, whether it's jeans, whether it's mm-hmm. like shirts or whatever. And you're finally like, I feel good in this. Yes. Like, I didn't know I was allowed to feel good in clothes, but I do. I'm such a, like, I really try to be sustainable with like fashion choices. Cause like fast fashion mm-hmm. is like destroying the planet. Um, but obviously like buy clothes that fit you, right? Like that's sort of exempt. But so I wear my clothes like to the ground. Like my, Mm -hmm. some of my favorite clothes are clothes that I've had for like five, six, seven years. And they're still in like really great condition, even though I don't do my laundry properly. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure how that's working out. Uh, But so like those jeans didn't need to be replaced. So I hadn't even considered like I could. Yeah. That you were allowed to buy jeans that fit you. Exactly. Cause I didn't know that they didn't fit until I got these jeans, which replaced jeans that had a hole in the thigh, which everyone knows. Everyone knows. The hole in the thigh, man. I hate that. That's what kills most of my jeans. Yeah. And I always like have to play a guessing game of like, is this hole acceptable? Like if I keep my thighs closed, can I still wear this? And then at a certain point you're like, I can't do this to myself anymore. Yeah. I tried to like reinforce, but like, I don't have a sewing machine Mm. and doing it just like hand sewn. I'm not good enough Mm -hmm. um, to where it was like stable. So it would last for like a wear or two. And then it would just sort of like flap around on my thigh. (laughs) Like this is like worse than just having the hole in my jeans. Yeah. Oh, but I'm glad. That's awesome. Thank you. I just realized something. So we talked at the start about how we're doing something a little different. Like we're not doing the oh yeah the we're not very doing best of the worst TV. worst TV. We didn't explain what we're doing. We just and we also explained it was Valentine's it. Day. Yeah, we haven't talked about any of these things. We should do that. We should do that. So Claire, care to elaborate? What are we doing? I don't know. I don't I just, know. I thought I just show up. I thought you knew what we were doing. I thought. I thought you always brought the game plan. I don't know. You're the editor. I You write the description. I figured you had like an agenda we were going off of. I don't know. Well, no. I, have, I have an idea. I have an idea. Okay. That's great. So do you remember just like a little while ago, we watched After Three? Yeah, we did that this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to completely not in preparation for anything. Yeah, no, we like didn't didn't have any purpose. We were just like, hey, let's watch After Three together, which by the way is called After We Fell. After we fell. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It's the third installment of a series of after movies. Yes. Even though, even though it doesn't refer to what you think it does, but it's fine. We'll discuss that. That will be discussed. Yes, we will. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I feel like that's, that's pretty Valentine's-y, don't you think? Yeah, I think we should, we should cover a movie instead of a TV show this week. I think we could do that. That's pretty spicy and and totally spontaneous of us. Yeah, it's going to be really weird to do this without the three pages of written notes that I have, but it's yeah. fine. I definitely don't have two pages of written notes, not 
at all whatsoever. No, that would be so weird since we just came up with this on the spot. Yeah, unless I was like a super fast writer, like that would be impossible. It'd be crazy. Speedy writing. (laughs) Okay, so the format is going to be a little bit different than we normally do. We won't be doing the good, the bad, and the trashy. Um, I'm curious... Should we should we say what we're gonna do or should we just let it happen unfold naturally? Let's make it a surprise. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this movie is good for Valentine's Day because it is a romance drama. Mm. So the first movie, right, came out in 2019. The second one, what, in 2020? Yeah. And then the third one just came out. Um while ago like a couple months ago I want to say months ago it was definitely 2021 yeah so it went year by year by year and it follows the love story of two people who are terrible for each other awful and a lot of stuff happens yeah a lot of stuff happens would Claire would you say I don't know would you say that we should go through the plots of these movies that's kind of hard I would, I would love to go through the plot. Yeah. Um, the plot doesn't exist. What, care to elaborate? I, th- I thought, you know, being a mm. movie TV connoisseur, all movies and, and shows should have a plot. Yeah. So, so usually that's the case, right? You know, mm-hmm. a plot is a series of events that happens throughout a piece of media that tells a story. Yeah. You know, cohesive narrative, a cohesive narrative. Fantastic. Um, after it doesn't have that so much. It's just, just the first one, right? Just the first after. No, it gets better from there, right? No, it gets arguably worse. I would argue um, it, it just things just sort of happen and they just sort of keep happening. I would uh. say after one, I would say after one has a plot. I would agree. I would agree. I think. Yeah. I don't kind think, of, I don't think after two or after three have a plot so much as, um, mini plots, I suppose you could call them, but none of them are really resolved. I would call them arcs Arcs over. Yeah. yeah. Arcs potentially. I would, I would call them stuff that happens. Stuff that happens. I like that. Yeah. They're just kind of stuff that happens. Yeah. It just, you know, it's stuff and throughout the movie, it happens. it happens and honestly I feel like I've seen that in other movies too mm. like you know when you finish a movie this kind of happened with Dune to be honest if oh, I being, never saw Dune like you finish the movie and you're like I'm not really sure like nothing it feels like nothing happened but yeah. like a lot of stuff happened but it's not in the good way. Like I was talking recently about like plotless novels, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think those are interesting and like a fun way to like show a character. That's not this. Mm-mm. Like this is like, they think they have a plot, but yeah. they just sort of don't. They're doing their best, but it's, they they are not succeeding. It almost seems like, so they're sitting in the writer's room, Right. right. And they're like, okay, so what are we going to do? We're going to have, I don't know, like a cheating storyline, right? Like we're going to do that. Love a cheating storyline. Let's so do it. So we'll start out with like, these two people are in love and then we'll have them. Oh, wait, can we also, like, I love the cheating storyline, but first can we do 
like a stealing from the office storyline. Can we, can we? Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds really good. Okay. So we'll have them like go into the office. Oh, but then I feel like it would be fun to do like a, like a getting ready montage. Oh yeah. Throw the the getting, throw the getting ready montage. Actually let's do the office. Then there's going to be like a party later. Okay. And the getting ready montage will be for the party. So are they cheating at the, the party? No, the cheating already happened. So oh, that's what gotcha. they're fighting about right. at the party. I don't party. know how I missed that. God, yeah. Can we get lunch? I feel like we've done a lot of work. Yeah, this is like really hard. And I feel like most of the story is done by this. Yeah, point. I feel like it's pretty flushed out what we have here. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's what happens in the writer's <laughs> that's room. literally what they're doing. It has <laughs> to be. Um, <clears throat> do we want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what is the overarching differences between trash TV and trash movies. I feel like we yeah. know a lot about trash TVs and our thoughts on what makes what a components. good trash TV. And I'd love to, to talk about the, the counterpart. Yeah, definitely. So I think, yeah, in my opinion, I feel like I have a couple of those buckets. Like, you know how we talk mm-hmm. about with trash TV shows, you have to hit a certain mm-hmm. number of categories. I have a couple of those for trashy movies. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, I would love to. So first one, little to no plot. You know, it's just kind of stuff that happens. Yeah. Um, that's optional. That doesn't happen in all trash movies Mm -hmm. but I feel like it happens in most of them where you end it and you're like I don't really know what that was about but I had a fun time Mm -hmm. I can see that a strong exception to this I will note very briefly is the rom-com exception yes a rom-com always has a very strong plot start to finish well except for a couple notable um distinctions which I'll, I'll talk about when I go into mine all right yeah word I love it Um, it also on the optional side of things, before I get into the mandatory, it has a optional dream sequence. Mm. So where a character does something or witnesses something insane, super out of the ordinary, and they're really, really stressed out about it. And then they wake up and it was all a dream. So interesting. I feel like I thought of that as being sort of a dual thing like that could happen in tv but thinking on it i don't know that many examples yeah. of it happening in a tv show but i can think of so many times that it happens in movies that's really interesting exactly especially because rom-coms are my personal favorite brand of trashy movies mm-hmm. and in almost all of them there's some kind of well not almost all of them but a good majority of them there's some kind of dream sequence of like he marries the other girl mm-hmm. and I'm left alone and I'm really, really sad. And then I wake up and I realize that I have to do something about mm-hmm. it. Like that's totally, I feel yeah. like pretty common. Um, but yeah, in trashy TV shows just doesn't happen that much. No, they do musical numbers instead. Yeah. Moment of silence for all the musical mm-hmm. numbers in TV. And then there's two required things okay. in a trashy movie. Um, a good soundtrack. I firmly believe Absolutely. they all have to have a good soundtrack. If it doesn't have a good soundtrack, then the entire experience was not worth it. Yeah. It's like less than a trashy TV or a trashy movie. It was either actually quality cinema where it had like, I don't know, wind instruments or some shit. <laughs> or it was just so boring. You can't, you don't even enjoy watching it. Right, right. There's no Im- impetus to get through it. Exactly. 
And then the number one thing that all trashy movies must have a montage sequence. Yes, a montage. Mm -hmm. I I have an example of a movie Hmm. that should have been a great trash movie. Yeah. But it didn't have a montage. (gasps) That's illegal, though. It should have been. Felt like a crime. Movie was it? So it was part of the Netflix Christmas cinematic universe. Um, one oh, of my I love favorite the Netflix cinematic, cinematic universes. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic cinematic universe. Absolutely. It's called The 12 Days of Christmas. Now you think to yourself when you sit down and you watch this movie. So, so the, the idea of it is that this woman, they sort of play on the like Groundhog Day repeating mm. the day, same day over and over trope. Um, oh, whenever it, they have that trope that always lends perfectly into a montage because there are like, so many reasons middle, that this should yeah. have led to a montage 12 days of Christmas. You're thinking to yourself, they're not going to show all 12 days leading up to Christmas. That would be insane. That's five minutes per, sorry, that's 10 minutes per day. Mm-hmm. If this is a, a two hour long movie, which is an exceptionally long movie for a rom-com mm-hmm. you think to yourself, Oh, it's a Groundhog's Day thing. They never show all of the days. There's always a montage. No, there was never a montage. I sat through all 12 days of Christmas. There was no montage. Terrible. There was no montage. Not a single, not even a mini montage? No, not even a like makeover montage. Not even a getting not ready a montage? montage? Not even a here's the epilogue where they're happy together montage. No not montage. even a happy getting to know your neighbors montage? They didn't montage. That is a crime. <laughs> it was very upsetting. Somebody needs to be held accountable for that. <laughs> um, if only we knew who. If only we knew. Maybe someday. Maybe someday we'll maybe they're, maybe they're one of the German listeners that we have. I don't know why, but maybe. If you are um the creator of the montage list 12 days of Christmas movie, <laughs> feel free to email us at uh, don't watch list at <laughs> gmail.com. We just want to chat. We just want to talk. We just want to have would, a conversation. It's gonna be very civil. We're not even upset. I mean, we're a little, we're a little upset. Don't tell them that we're upset. a little don't tell them we're upset. We're a little miffed. um but yeah that's that's what makes a trashy movie to me so a couple optional elements Mm -hmm. it's definitely not as clear-cut concrete as a trashy tv show um but what do you think what are your thoughts I agree with everything that you said um I also have a few things that I think I think I didn't think of it as what makes a trashy movie I'm really thinking of what what do I enjoy in a trashy movie, right? Compared to what do I enjoy in a trashy TV show? And so for me, in a trashy TV show, I need to like the characters. I need to like at least some of the characters because I've I've said this before on the podcast, you know, I I felt so professional. I've said this before on the podcast. It was, I loved it. (laughs) Um, What keeps me coming back time and time again is typically characters that I can relate to, that I find interesting, that are just batshit crazy, like whatever it is. There's something about them that draws me in. Um, But with a movie, I don't necessarily care if I like the characters, if I find them entertaining, if they're interesting, because the movie is only two hours. I don't need Mm -hmm. something to keep me coming back to it. What I need 
is something to draw me in. And so for me, that typically is the promised plot. Now I say promised plot because as, as we've discussed, there's often not a plot. It's just kind um, of a bunch of stuff that happens. Just kind of a bunch of stuff that happens. But typically they'll say that there's a plot, you know? And you get and excited. You forget right, I get, that sometimes like, oh, there isn't a plot. Interesting. <laughs> and then I don't receive it. And that's fine. It doesn't bother me when I don't receive it. It doesn't? It bothers me deeply. <laughs> <laughs> I'm miffed. um and then the other thing is the quality so with a trashy tv show typically I want them to be more good than they are bad right like I at the end of the day I want my good list when we're doing the podcast to be longer than my bad list um but with movies I think I kind of want them to be worse like I want them to just be utter garbage I want to hate it I and I I think there's a fine line between just like a bad movie to me and a trashy movie and I know it sounds like they're kind of the same thing when I'm saying like yeah I just want it to be pure garbage but there's like this line of like embracing camp mm-hmm. right like Susan Montage camp uh, that I think makes trashy movies so good yeah like better than bad movies and so my examples of this include things like Cats 2019 terrible right you cannot tell me that it's not camp though right like all of these massive names coming in giving incredible vocal performances and then you've got like James Corden Corbin James Corden like like flouncing around on the ground being like weirdly sexual for some reason um and then you know the, the the hands being visible like they couldn't even finish the editing process like that's camp I feel like the difference in addition to just like the camp it's also you can see yourself watching it with your friends and just like yes. having a ball with whereas yes. with a bad movie you're all just kind of bored and you're like absolutely either talking about something else but if it's a genuinely like campy trashy movie yes you are riveted you cannot absolutely. stop watching yes so like other examples I have are like The Room with Tommy Wiseau um and I think like the background of Tommy Wiseau and like people being just fascinated by this man mm-hmm. is part of why it's it's such a like trash movie compared to just like a bad movie because like it definitely looks like a really bad film students movie mm-hmm. but it has this like elevated like your friends are gonna like force you to like look up how he made his money right like it's gonna be fun mm-hmm. um and then my last one and this is what I was talking about earlier of the notable exception to the rom-com thing is like the teen rom-com so like the kissing booth yes like so bad it's it. good it's you know so bad and tall girl tall girl oh my god shout out to the milk crate honestly best best movie device ever <laughs> so for context uh and total spoiler alert the whole premise of tall girl is that this woman thinks she, she's too tall and she's never gonna find love because she's so tall she's and like her six one by the way like it's yeah, not like she's, she's not like, like absurdly tall yeah and like i think it's what her best friend or something yeah who's super short super short he's like what five three or something yeah, i forget a very, very small man and he always carries around a milk crate and at the very end she's like so i have to ask why do you carry around that milk yeah 
Um, after they've admitted their love for each other. Yeah, yeah. So they've, they've admitted their love for each other. They've <laughs> like found, oh, you're great. Like, I love you, blah, blah, blah. Um, she's like, okay, well, now that we're together, mm-hmm. what's up with the milk crate? And he's like, I'll show you. So he puts it on the ground. He steps on it. And now they're about the same height. And so he gives her a little kiss. smooch smooch. Very little kissy kiss. Little kissy kiss. Little smooch smooch. Oh fantastic ending to a terrible movie absolutely honestly redeemed the entire movie absolutely yeah (laughs) but yeah that's what I think of as like the difference between consuming trash tv and trash movies for me I like it yeah I feel like I completely agree with everything you said yeah wow complete agreement yeah we should sign a contract I don't I'm gonna cut it don't worry (laughs) Um, so let's talk about after specifically, yes. I feel like we need to go through because this is what we're going to be focusing on is the movie we just watched the most recent after, after we fell, after we fell, which is after, after three. Yeah. Um, we have to go through the first two just so that you all know. Yes. What, what we're it's doing. About. Exactly. And so we know that we tend to talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to be a little long winded. So um, I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like our, <laughs> our podcast links have never had anybody say anything about them. Yeah. It's not like every single person we show the podcast to says it could be a little shorter. Couldn't it? Every single person every without single fail. Person. So listener, if you think you're alone, you are not alone. Not alone. We hear you. Okay. We hear you. We just don't care. <laughs> so we have agreed um that we will each do a summary of either after one or after two we're going to tag team them um Mm -hmm. and we will give ourselves only two minutes to do a complete synopsis of whichever movie we have Mm -hmm. so should we just jump in and do the first after after yeah let's do the first after okay after i'm gonna set my timer okay one two two three okay so so when the important of the what are you doing? Claire, I'm I'm doing. Uh, didn't I have after? No, before? I have after. You had after too. Wait, because of because of the Sprouse. You like the Sprouse? Oh my god! You're doing after two. Did you do after one? I did after one. Hold on. I will make you do your two minutes. I'm gonna make some notes. I'm gonna You're hit up Wikipedia. Be able to do that in two it's minutes. It's fine. It's fine. I have two minutes. I'm a pro at cramming. Go get your two minutes. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna start. My- I'm so concerned about this. Got it. Okay. So an important thing to note about the movie after is that it was created as um, originally as a Wattpad fan fiction. Um, And so for those of you who don't know what Wattpad is, it was like a writing platform for like teenage girls primarily in like the mid 2000s, like 2010s and on. Um, And it featured a lot of like One Direction fan fiction, a lot of like werewolf fan fiction, whatever. Um, So the movie opens um, and this beautiful girl, Tessa, happens to be a virgin. It's like a big deal. She moves into college, right? Then when she's there, she falls in love with this London-born bad boy who's named Harden. But actually, he's just Harry Styles. Like, it is just Harry Styles fan fiction. Um, The problem here is that she has a boyfriend, this guy named Noah. Um, And the other problem is that Harden doesn't do relationships. It's like a big deal for him. Um, So every time they're around each other, despite the fact that Noah has 
or that Tessa has a boyfriend, Noah. Um, Harden gets really jealous and often violent and Tessa gets like pulled closer and closer to him. Um, Noah eventually finds out that Harden and Tessa have kissed. And so he dumps Tessa and she goes running to Harden. Then her mom, for some reason, threatens to cut her off because she thinks that Harden is a bad influence. So then Harden and her move in together. I want to reiterate, these are freshmen in college and they move in together. Um, Eventually, Tessa loses her virginity to Harden. Everybody saw that coming. Then Tessa learns that Harden only dated her because he was dared to because apparently that happens all the time like it it doesn't um so then tessa runs home to her mom and her ex-boyfriend and they all forgive her but then for some reason harden's professor writes a letter to tessa about how much harden loves her and she's like oh my god i actually really love him too so she runs back to him and they like make out in the middle of a lake and that's how the movie ends even though the title after would suggest that somebody died but nobody ever died anyways i'm done i have two seconds left that was very well done. Um, that was very well done. I, I feel you, like I just watched the movie again. Bunch did, of stuff that happened. A bunch of stuff that happened. Um, did you have enough time? Oh yeah, I finished a minute and a half in. All right, let's, I'm ready. let's hear it. I'm prepared. Well, I wasn't, but you now were. I am. No, but you are now. So the movie kicks off. Uh, Tessa and Harden have broken up they kissed by the end but they've apparently broken up uh again and tessa has an internship at vance publishing Mm. an important thing to note about this is that vance publishing is the uh is run by christian vance this guy who's apparently Mm -hmm. a family friend of harden's mom Mm -hmm. um and who's very close with harden has given him all these opportunities and because Tessa is really close with Harden, has given Tessa this opportunity as well. Part of the reason why he gave her this opportunity. She's very accomplished in her own right. So at this internship, which is held in Seattle, she meets a guy named Trevor, who is played by Dylan Sprouse, the lovely Dylan Sprouse. We love him. They immediately hit it off and they go to a work party in Seattle. Hijinks ensue and somehow Trevor gets wine spilled on his t-shirt and so they have to go back to Tessa's hotel room, take his shirt off and Harden comes in because apparently Tessa has been drunk dialing Harden this whole time during this work party. And so he walks in on a half-dressed Dylan Sprouse, gets super pissed off and is like, Tessa, what are you doing? And Tessa's like, yo, we are broken up right now, my friend. Um, so Harden gets super jealous, kicks Trevor out, hate sex commences between Harden and Tessa. They fight again, but Tessa meets Harden's mom, who's apparently thinks that they're still together. Um, and they go through this whole tragic backstory of Harden. This is why Harden's such a dude, like asshole and all that. So all that is revealed. Um, they go to this holiday party on Christmas day, Harden gets drunk and attacks the host, who is his mom's sexual assault assailant. Tessa freaks out. Trevor consoles her. Tessa finds out that um, she got offered a job in Seattle Advance Publishing. Doesn't tell Harden this. On New Year's Eve, both Harden and Tessa go to a college party in New York. In on New Year's Eve, miscommunication happens where they think that one is cheating on the other, and all this crazy stuff is happening. They fight again, and then so for some reason they decide to get back together at the very end of the movie. One last thing happens. Um, Tessa dad is apparently has apparently been homeless this whole time and pops up. That was a little bit over time. I do apologize, but I will never forgive you. I didn't have that much time to prepare. Yeah, I will say because mm-hmm. you had to prepare on the spot. I do have I to would. come clean. 
Um, I did have more time to prepare. It was, and it just- was, it was five full minutes before the podcast <laughs> recording started, <laughs> but I do want to clarify. We didn't make this up. Elise truly hmm. thought she was doing after one, even though it was very clearly me doing after one and she was doing after two because of Dylan Sprouse. Listen, I've always thrived under pressure. <laughs> I did this to myself on purpose. That's, that's a story I'm sticking with. Okay. So I feel like everyone is fully caught up and knows exactly mm-hmm. what is going on. Um, and we're and good we don't to go. need to explain anything else about the third movie because you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. We're not going to give you a synopsis. We're not going to spoon feed you what happens in after three. Watch it yourself. Like we're not doing emotional labor for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, but we will go through our, uh, well, our favorite, you know, stuff that happened. Yeah. Not that there were any plot points necessarily. Yeah. We'll also talk uh, a little bit about, you know, some of our least favorite stuff that happens. And we have a sneaky little surprise for you at the end. <laughs> I don't like that I said sneaky little I don't surprise. Like you said it either. But we're gonna leave it in. We're gonna yeah. go with it. Okay. Um, I'll I'll get us started. We want to just Absolutely. go one at a time, sort of like we did with um Pray the Liars. Let's do it. Great. Um, so let's start with favorite stuff that happens. Um, Robert. So Robert is introduced very early on into the movie, and he Love is Robert. So Robert is the waiter that is serving Tessa when she goes to dinner with Hardin, um, his dad, his stepmom, and his stepbrother. And for some reason, Hardin, like, fucks off to go talk to some, like, really beautiful woman right at the start of this dinner. And then, so, you know, Tessa's alone, and the waiter starts sort of, it looks like he's flirting with her. I'm unconvinced because of later events. I think it's just... Like he was doing the customer service thing where you have a little bit of banter with the mm-hmm. customer, you know, you're having a little fun with it. Yeah. Um, so basically he's this like love interest for like, or potential love interest for like five minutes, but then he moves to New York city and he's probably off being best friends with Landon who also moves to New York city. Landon is yeah. Harden's stepbrother. And, and he's Harden just gets like, like not crazy, obsessively jealous right? Like over this five like minute interaction. He has like a dream about Tessa hooking up with Robert. And is like so frantic about it that he has to like run off to Seattle to be with Tessa immediately, even though he was literally in the movie for like 10 minutes. The most extreme case of toxic jealousy I've ever right? seen in my life. I, that was actually one of my favorites as well. Nice. The whole Robert thing. Um, <laughs> but while we're on the subject of characters, can we talk about Landon? Who is Harden's stepbrother? He is just like, I feel like the complete opposite vibe of uh, Harden, where yeah. Harden's very angsty, edgy, you know, he wears all black all the time. Mm-hmm. And Landon just takes none of his shit. He's just <laughs> like, yeah, you know, Harden, are you are you busy being edgy? Are you busy having no heart? Or are you <laughs> like, cool? Are you gonna like be with the family today. <laughs> it's sort of how I wish Nate Archibald would have talked to Chuck when he got like really angsty about his dad being alive. Yes. <laughs> Just like, okay, so are we going to get like angsty enjoys it when your dog cries at your door <laughs> today? Or are we going to get fun Chuck who like does a lot of drugs and abuses alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we want either of those Chucks. Yeah. But with the emotional state he was in for 90% of the show, <laughs> That's the best we can hope for. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but um, yeah, talking about what a guy. Characters more. Um, Tessa's dad. Tessa's obsessed with dad. him. 
So Elise mentioned they meet him. I guess he's been like homeless for a while and he like meets them sort of randomly and like reveals who he is. And then he like lives in the apartment that Tessa and Harden have together. Um, He pretty much just shows up, eats their cereal and then like leaves. And then you don't hear from him for a while until suddenly he like shows back up at the apartment and he like, like Harden goes to like handle it because he thinks someone broke in, but it's just this guy like passed out on the bathroom floor, super bloody. Turns out he owes somebody five hundred dollars. Like and that's that the major reveal. Huge beating that he had to like run away from and you know take refuge. Right for five hundred dollars, and like Harden gives him a watch, and he like goes off to do his thing again. I guess. I and mean, we don't see him for a while. I don't yeah. know what he does. See a lot of <laughs> stuff that happens. He like you know, comes in and out. Right. Like, why was why really, did that happen? Like, why yeah. was that relevant to the plot? It didn't serve any narrative purpose. Like, it didn't make the bond between Harden and Tessa stronger. Like, they have a one-off exchange mm-hmm. where she was like, oh, it's sweet of you to, like, let him back into the house. But, like, yeah. it's, it's not like it brings them back together. Like, it doesn't have any impact on anything that happens. I think especially because, I mean, you know, we talk about in TV shows when characters sort of like, they have their arc throughout the episode and then like all of the progress is sort of lost in the next episode and they just sort of make Mm -hmm. the same mistakes over and over. I feel like that is so amplified in this movie. Yes. So it's not even like Harden had any sort of character growth by deciding Mm -hmm. to let her dad back in, right? Like he just did this nice thing and then he was a complete asshole like 10 minutes later. Like it's not like he grew from it. And can I say something on the $500 that this guy was apparently beat (laughs) to a pulp for? So they clearly have no idea of any concept of financial stakes whatsoever, but they have an excellent, excellent sense of time. Do do explain. I will elaborate. So Tessa wakes up, right? She has this alarm. She's like at, I don't know, college or something. Her alarm wakes her up. No, she doesn't have an alarm. That's very important. She's not set an alarm. That's the whole point of it. She wakes up naturally, checks her phone. It's 8.37. It's the perfect time to wake up. That is the perfect time to naturally wake up. Because if she woke up at like nine on the dot, I would not believe that for a second. No. Like that's fake. But if she had woken up at like 8.24, that's way too early. Nobody's waking up that early. Also, like Whoever- it's clearly a faked number. Obviously, 824. You picked that out of a hat. You absolutely just picked that number. But 837? I could see myself waking up at 837. I imagine I have woken up at 837. Like you wake up, you roll over, it's 837. Yeah. I I think it's the seven, really. Yeah. I mean, it happened another time. She woke up at 843, and that was also a very good time. Not, I'm gonna be real, not as good as 837, but not as good as 837. Still super good. Like she's sleeping it a little bit, and I, I don't know, I'm a little bit disillusioned. It's kind of grotesque, I I would say. Yeah, I'm like 43, really? Mm. Made it to the 40s? Okay. Yeah, glad you're doing nothing with your entire day. (laughs) But the idea is that the writers, whoever they may be, The many faults that they had, the one thing they did have going for them, they had a knack for for realistic time setting. Yeah. I just wish they had a realistic owing money guy. They have their time guy. They need an owing money guy. They didn't have the budget. It's really the only thing wrong with this movie. (laughs) I feel like 
maybe there maybe like a couple couple no, more I don't things think so. I don't think so. <laughs> you know that's fair that's the only thing wrong with this movie um okay something else that I liked about this movie um montages there were actually multiple montages we had a couple of flashback montages which in my opinion are the bottom tier montages because mm-hmm. honestly they don't serve much to the to the plot to the stuff yeah. that happens especially yeah. if they're just taken straight from the previous movie if it's right if it's a flashback from something that we haven't mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. I do like those yeah but these were just stuff we'd already seen we already like saw that. that stuff happen you know mm-hmm. um there's a learning to be by herself in Seattle montage that's when the like waking that. up at the very nice times occurs and I thought moisturizing that really her elbows moisturizing we love to her see elbow it. which like you know I gotta want- moisturize my elbows. I really liked that representation. For yeah, me. you don't want grimy ass elbows. You don't want grimy ass elbows. <laughs> um, in this case, I think it was definitely a numbers game. Like, I don't think any of their montages were particularly stunning, mm-hmm. but they had enough of them that I was happy with it, you know? Yeah, they weren't necessarily that memorable, but they were included mm-hmm. and they were solid, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, great soundtrack. I don't have much to say about this, but just great soundtrack. I had the thought, you know, it has a great soundtrack when you have the thought through your head. After I finish this movie, I have to listen to it and Mm -hmm. look this movie up on Spotify. Totally. Love a good soundtrack. Um, Okay. Something that I really like um, ever since I learned how to properly apologize in therapy, hashtag everyone should be in therapy. I pay very close attention to apologies in TV, movies, books. um, And I overanalyze the shit out of those bad boys. Um, there was a very good apology in this. He took accountability for his actions. He recognized how he had hurt Tessa. Um, he implemented a plan for how he was going to not do that anymore. And then, you know, like 10 minutes later, he was a complete asshole. But the apology was very genuine and well done. So I appreciated yeah. it. I love that. That was also something that I really liked. Oh, good. Uh, another favorite thing that happened that or it's not even a favorite thing that happened, just a favorite element of this movie mm. that really frustrated me. I didn't like that I liked it, but I did. Okay. I was rooting for the relationship oh between God, I know. Tessa and Harden so much, even though it was the most toxic thing. Yeah. Like he was the most angsty, whiny, like edgelord type of guy <laughs> imaginable. And she's actually very well adjusted. Like they were having this conversation about how Tesla had gotten the job in Seattle and Hardin had apparently wanted her to move to London with him after graduation. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you um, we weren't dating at the time. So I didn't really feel the need to, but like, this was my plan after graduation. And like, I'm really excited about this job and I don't even know what I would do in London. So would you want to come with me? And he was just like all angsty. And he was just like, you should have told me this is so stupid. Like, why don't you just come to London with me? And he was just like a whiny child. Yeah. So it's a total toxic relationship. And yet I know <laughs> I found myself wanting them to be together be like, Oh, he came to Seattle for her. I know he was in a jealous fit of rage for literally a five minute interaction between her and like a guy that was like moderately attractive, but Oh, I'm so glad that he's there. <laughs> I don't understand talked it. about it too. Like we talked mm-hmm. about why am I rooting for this? Like yeah. while we were watching the movie, we were like, "What? no, stop it. I don't want to mm-hmm. like this, but I they did it like so it. well. And I don't know if it was just because they had a great like physical chemistry mm-hmm. um, or if 
I don't know. I don't know why. Or if we had just invested so much time at that point. Three movies, you know? Three whole movies. Three whole movies. Um, okay. I feel like, okay, I have, I have two left and one of them is a big boy. So okay. I'm going to do my other one and then you finish up yours and then we'll do my big boy, I think, if that's okay Solid. with you. Yeah, perfect. So my second to last one um, is there was a beautifully calligraphied to be continue right at the end of the movie. <laughs> I hated that. That was the worst. <laughs> that was distinctly on my least favorites because I your heart it was so sunk. One, just like it looked like someone made it on like iMovie or something. Like it was so poorly done. And two, just the implication that at some point during the year 2022, Elise and I are going to have to sit down and watch after four. It's we just, never enjoy the experience of watching it. We're always just like, you know, I, Claire, there's a new after. No, I'm pretty sure, Claire, you were the one that told me about it. And you came up to me and you were like, Claire, or Elise. I'm Claire. Yeah. I'm Elise. Yeah. You're like, Elise, I, I have something that's going to be a little bit hard to say. Right. Like, I wasn't happy to be bringing you this news. Mm-hmm. And I thought somebody had died. I was just like. <laughs> I hope I didn't do anything and they're really upset at me about something. And you were like, no, it's worse. After three has oh, come out. God. And we don't have a choice. We have to watch it. Obviously. And what's so interesting is like I did the same thing for Kissing Booth Three. Yep. We somehow escaped it. We never watched Kissing Booth Three. Yeah. It but didn't after have as deep has of a such hole. a pull on us. We couldn't say no. Dylan Sprouse, who notably wasn't in the third movie. That's on my least favorite stuff list. Despite the fact, least favorite stuff list, (laughs) despite the fact that he was in Seattle. And one of the reasons Harden was so pissed that Tessa wanted to go Seattle so bad was because Trevor was in Seattle and he was jealous over Trevor. Why did they make such a big deal out of it? You know what happened is Hmm. Dylan Sprouse was like, no, I'm not going to be in this shitty movie anymore. Oh, Dylan Sprouse, you think you're better than after three? Dylan Sprouse, you're no Cole Sprouse. You're no Cole Sprouse. You don't get to pick and choose. I'm sorry. Cole Sprouse is out here doing necromancy plot lines on Riverdale. So (laughs) So we really. Yeah, you're right. We can't give him a break here, but still. <laughs> Both of the Sprouses are doing their best. If any of the Sprouses listen to this, feel free to reach out to us at uh, don'twatchlist at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on the show. We do take sponsorships as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, my last favorite stuff that happened is just the fact that it came from Wattpad Studio. <laughs> published by Wattpad Studio, calling back to its origins Mm. of a Wattpad story, making sure at the very beginning of the movie, when it goes through, like, you know, here's who brought this Mm -hmm. movie to you. We don't forget that this is going to be an utterly horrific dumpster fire trash experience. I love that Wattpad has expanded into films. They should have done that. I'm glad they did. Like, I it's think. part of the haunted timeline, you know? Yeah, that's how you know that this is this is the dark timeline. <laughs> okay. What's your big boy? My big Round boy. us out. There is a plot reveal in the last two to three minutes of the movie that is like massive plot reveal. And it completely resolves the major argument that Tessa and Harden are in at the time. They go to each other, they like hug, and then the to be continued flashes above their head, like a bright neon sign in the dark. 
that we thought we knew the entire time. Like Elise and I paused the movie and we were like, did we not know that? I'm like, it was presented sure as this that. huge plot twist right. that like everyone was just like, oh, no way, this changes everything. It didn't change anything in my mind. It was very obvious. And I was just like, we, I thought we found that out in like after two. I don't right. know. Do you want to, do you want to talk about what it was? I'm happy yeah, to spoil it. Because it, it feeds into my least favorite part about this and why oh, good. I think the transition. Yeah. The, why I think the ending was so anticlimactic mm-hmm. and why we were like so confused by it. So the reveal is that Vance from Vance Publishing. Christian Vance, the man, the myth, the legend. Indeed. Is actually Hardin's biological dad. Which like, obviously, why else would he give Hardin all of these opportunities for internships? Why would he like partially use that as a reason to hire his girlfriend? Why would he allow his girlfriend to stay in his home like while his wife is pregnant? Obviously he's his father. It made no sense. And I think why it was so confusing is that we had to like draw these assumptions because there were just so many different like adult characters that were in, you know, parental type of figures in various characters' life that you, at least I lost track. I was like, I don't know who half these people are. I'm just going to guess based on their interactions with each other. This guy seems pretty fatherly because he's, you know, basically handing Harden and his girlfriend a job on a like silver platter. Um, even though I wanted to know, want to know Tessa worked damn hard for that job. She's and he admitted that qualified. he hired Tessa because she was qualified. Yes. Not just as a handout for Harden. It was definitely a handout, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, there's there. Okay. So there's, there's Christian Vance and mm-hmm. his wife, Kimberly, right. Mm-hmm. There's Harden's like, legal father who like raised him and then his wife who is Landon's mom Mm -hmm. I forget both of their names and then there's Harden's mom who's marrying some guy named Mike Mm -hmm. and then like all of these men are all like tall 50 year old white men with like sandy brown slash blonde hair and they're like a little bit built like they all look exactly the same it kind of reminds me of what everyone's making fun of the bachelor for right now (laughs) where both the host and the bachelor look identical like they're both exactly like same height same build same like windy swept back haircut they look the same and everyone's like are you did y'all do this on purpose? Like y'all are the Spider-Man <laughs> meme right now. I love that. But yeah, the Spider-Man memed all of the adults in this film. The parental figures. The parental figures. <laughs> and so I feel like that was like the major issue for me is just like, I couldn't figure out who is who. I couldn't right. keep track of that many people in like such a well it wasn't really a short movie but like in the span of a movie it was just too much for me well when there's not a clear plot and you're doing all of these like different storylines happening in one Mm -hmm. it's like wait who was doing that thing and like with who like it's hard to keep track of it exactly um so should we fully skedaddle on into the least favorite stuff i'm down to dive in great 
Um, so one of mine is there was this weird cheating plot line that happened in the last 15 minutes um, between yeah. pretty much non-main characters. Like, you know who they are. Well, you know who one of them is, but she's in the show for like, or the movie for like less than 10 minutes total, I think. Um, and Harden gets like unnecessarily violent about it. Mm-hmm. And so I hated this for two reasons. Like one, where did that even come from? Like, it was such an unnecessary plot line. And two, Harden, chill out. Yeah. Like, you don't need to punch some guy like the day before your mom's wedding. That's Use your cool. words. Right, literally. Oh, I hated that. That was just, I won't go so far as to call it like violence porn or like gore porn mm-hmm. that sometimes, especially like horror movies are very guilty of horror trash movies are very guilty of mm-hmm. um but it just it didn't seem like it needed to be in there yeah it struck me as very teenager writing fan fiction like yes because a, a lot of that type of writing does idolize violence in this really weird way mm-hmm. um where like they take the sort of like overprotective boyfriend trope to the extreme and create yep. like an abuser but they're mm-hmm. so young that they can't recognize that that's what they've done but I'm like you made a movie out of this like you could have taken that shit out like you have adults mm. working on this exactly you know? like it's not something that had to be there right exactly <clears throat> um this is a complete 180 okay do it <laughs> uh but I only had one other thing that was okay. something I absolutely disliked about this okay. movie and it's like I feel like the writers from this movie, because clearly there were multiple writers that were all on different pages, right? They read about Seattle on like the bottom of a Snapple cap. I knew you were going to do this. And they saw one picture one time, like four or five years ago. And they were like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we can, we can write a story that's set in Seattle. Like this makes sense. Like, cause that, that's like the extent of the research they did. I don't know. I mean, I spent a week in Seattle. It seemed incredibly accurate from my perspective. I'll kill you. No, (laughs) no. So first of all, they did the thing that everybody does when they set something in Seattle where every single scene that has any kind of view of the the skyline has to include the space needle in it. Yeah, because otherwise, how would you know it's Seattle? I don't know. Maybe (laughs) the ocean or just say, hey, oh, we're yeah. in Seattle. <laughs> only Seattleites can see the ocean. If you're in fucking buttfuck nowhere, Oklahoma, do you need to film a tumbleweed? No. You just <laughs> trust that you're in buttfuck nowhere, Oklahoma. You don't need to see the tumbleweed every four seconds. If you're listening from Ohio, I apologize on Elise's behalf. Oklahoma. All right. Use your listening ears. <laughs> Sorry, I had my racing ears on. Let me just. Yeah, take them off, switch them out. (laughs) And then like another example of this was Hardin was like accusing her of like wanting some flashy lifestyle in Seattle, (laughs) which like, listen, I would understand if you wanted like a flashy lifestyle in New York, like Landon did because he was going to New York and Robert was going to New York. He wanted a flashy lifestyle in New York. Seattle is not the place you go for a flashy lifestyle. <laughs> right. Like a bunch of people walking around with their like beanies and their flannels and their like black coffee that they got from some unknown coffee roaster. Yeah. <laughs> so flashy. It's like the 
least flashy city, big city I can think of. Like London is far flashier than Seattle. 100%. I don't know. I I have no idea. I don't know what he was talking about. And they didn't show it raining at all, which was a little bit of a disappointment for me. Yeah, because it rains all the time. It drizzles. No, it rains. It doesn't rain. And then they drop a bomb cyclone on you while you're out canvassing. Listen, that was not indicative of Seattle as a whole. That was because you were there. Every time I've been to Seattle, it's happened. You've been to Seattle once. Yeah, and every time I've been, there's been a bomb cyclone. But that was my only other complaint about the movie. Yeah, it was bad, but it was good. There was a lot of genuinely negative things I had to say about it. Yeah. I only had one other. Well, I had two others, but we already talked about Trevor. Mm -hmm. Mm self-explanatory um my only other complaint is that they had like another random storyline that felt like it further furthered the plot and not at all Mm -hmm. um and it was this like infertility storyline and they didn't mm -hmm. address it at all which makes me think it's going to be heavily featured in after four and I'm just I have to sit with that knowledge you know that like hold of you to assume they have any kind of stuff that happens continuity. I refuse to call it plot continuity, but stuff that happens continuity. No, I really like that. That was funny. Thank you. But yeah, I agree. It was like a bad movie and it was like poorly done and it didn't have a plot. It just had stuff that happened, but it was kind of fun to watch. I will note, we did have to stop about halfway through and just talk for an hour because it, it is a Take little a bit break. of a drag to get through, mm-hmm. but it is it was fun. Yeah, I agree. You ready for the surprise? Yeah. <clears throat> so some something that's, I would say, a staple of the after movies. Yes. Is that they really like pretending that sometimes they're kind of softcore porn movies. Mm. Yeah. And I think it must just be because it comes from Wattpad, right. you know, home of the fan fiction, who, of course... They love their sex scenes. They really do. They love all of their unnecessary, you know, just thrown in their sex scenes. Yeah. Um, And so we actually counted Mm. how many unnecessary uh, borderline pornographic sex scenes Mm -hmm. there were in this movie. Yes. And um, Claire, what was the final tally on those? Well, there's, so there's, there's six ones we want to talk about, Mm -hmm. but two of them are a halfie. Yeah. So there's there's five total soft porn scenes, soft mm-hmm. porn scenes, but six events, shall we say? Yeah, individual events. But because two of them were halfies, you can kind of like, you know, adding fractions and such. Yeah. So so a halfy plus a halfy is a one. Is a holy. <laughs> um. Okay. We. So, sorry. No, you go. I was just going to say, we, we ranked them in order of, um, worst to best question mark. Is that how we ranked <laughs> them? We just kind of ranked them we from ranked them. six to one. <laughs> I mean, I did. Yeah. I did like one being like my favorite, so to speak. And Same. then six being my least favorite. least favorite, but favorite and least favorite can mean so many things in this context. Yeah. Like vibes how uncomfortable it made you how like random and inappropriate was like there were so many factors that went into it 
So because of that, I think we had very different rankings. Very different these, rankings. Of these scenes. Um, and when we were ranking, you know, Gossip Girl, the, the episodes, we were close enough that we could negotiate sort of collaborate on it like sway each other to our side that was not going to be possible here we were just so different in our rankings so what we're going to do instead is go through rapid fire to Mm -hmm. save your ears save the innocence of your ears just the high level (laughs) brushstrokes of you know give you an idea of the the context of these scenes and then rank them individually so I'll, I'll take, I'll bite the bullet. Okay. You'll go first. I appreciate I, that. I can, I can just do them all rapid fire if you'd like. Okay. Yeah. Unless you want to go back and forth. No, but if I, I, re- I reserve the right to interject. Gotcha. I'm not going to spend too much time. On no, them. I have like two bullet points for each and they're like one word bullet points. Excellent. So, uh, first thing that happened in the movie the there first was... thing that happens in the movie? Come on, Ali. <laughs> the first thing that... Rookie mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the first scene was they had just been fighting. She was really mad. And Hardin is trying to like chill her out. So he grabs an ice cube mm-hmm. from the water beside the bedside table and starts like dragging it across her skin. I'm sure it's supposed to be like in like a sexy, like feeling feelings kind of way. But then he puts the ice cube back on the desk side table, not in the cup at all, and just leaves it there. He just left it there. There's just ice melting on his nightstand. And I couldn't stop thinking about it the entire time. There's just ice on his nightstand. It was the fact that they were in the middle of the fight and they were eventually going to have to resolve it. And it was what is going on with the ice cube. That was all I was thinking of. The next scene that happened was um, they were in a hot tub. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you're in a hot tub, you know, you got to do the sexy times, but this one went on for so long, like two full minutes. I checked and it was like showing everything, but let me tell yeah. you everything, but, and I was you like, knew I, what position they were in, like too much for me. sound effects. I didn't like it. Also, I would like to note, um, mm-hmm. in both, both of these cases mm-hmm. thus far, and in, in fact, in all cases, except one, um, they use a condom, which I think is great. I think it, you know, great representation, safe mm-hmm. sex, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he put the condom on underwater. How does that work? Is it a water balloon under there? There's gotta be water in there. There's no way that's a snug fit. Do you like, do you squirt <laughs> the water out? Squeegee? I don't know. Yeah, squeegee. I don't know. I don't know I don't how know. this works. I don't have one of those. I feel like it shouldn't work. I think he did the wrong thing. I don't think, yeah, I think that was incorrect use. <laughs> uh, the next one that happened was when Hardin was home, unclear where that is, maybe California. Mm. And uh, Tessa was in Seattle. They were having phone sex and they were, mm. you know, doing their own things on individual. Yeah. Um, Incredibly mild compared to mild. the hot tub. Yeah, it was very tasteful almost. Yeah. Which is a stark contrast to how they treated the hot tub scene. <clears throat> Next one is a taffy. So mm. they were getting ready to have the sexy times. Um, but Hardin was interrupted by flashbacks of the sex dream that he had had of Tessa hooking up with Robert, who she had had a 
five minute interaction with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And he immediately felt super jealous. And he was like, I can't do this because I'm too jealous of you. Um, I would like to point out for mm-hmm. our listeners who are fans of the Twilight franchise, um, he launches himself back from this makeout session um, in a manner, I would say, similar to Edward Cullen when he and Bella make out for the first time and he throws himself against the wall. Like, it is so over the top and dramatic. Obsessed with it. So they never finished and that's why it's a happy. That's why it's a happy. Yep. And... The next one, second to last, uh, they were in a workout room Mm -hmm. and Harden was, you know, sitting on, I don't know, a bench or something where Mm -hmm. you do stuff. And Tessa was like, I want to make sure, you know, you're not jealous. I'm here with you. It was very like romantic and all that. She wanted to make sure that they had a connection. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the no condom one, Mm -hmm. but don't worry because she did go to the doctor who said that she was potentially infertile and then they didn't, mm-hmm. you know, do anything with that yeah, afterwards. With that. So she got plan B and was told she was potentially infertile. And that was that. Woo! <laughs> and then the last one, uh, another halfy to round us out. They were at a, was it a work party for Vans Publishing? I have no idea what party we, it was. They never clarified what party. It was just a bunch of characters <laughs> that had to a party. Popped in like a movie. Vance, the dad who they didn't know was a dad, but we did. Mm-hmm. The pregnant wife. And then like, the, the Harden and Tessa. Like, what are you doing? It was a very odd assortment of people. And then in front of all these adults, uh, these parental figures... They just started grinding. Oh, I'm getting at so the party, much like really, about it. like really getting in there. Um, not really worried about the fact that everybody could mm. see them. Nope, not in the uh, least concerned. But they didn't go all the way, which is why it's a halfy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great job, great summary. Thank you, thank you. Do you want to do your ranking first, or shall I? I yeah, I think I will go first. Are okay. you going to go one to six or six to one? Six to one, I think. All right. So coming in last, interrupted by the sex dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't think it was necessary. I was just, I was distracted by the launching across the room. <laughs> it was just too much for me. It was too much. I don't understand sure. the context of this. I think you should have finished it. Pardon my dude. Mm, get it up. You're out of 10. Yeah. Get it up. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, coming in fifth. I wish I could have placed this higher, but just comparatively to the other ones, I couldn't, the no condom workout room, Mm. primarily because they didn't use a condom, not Mm -hmm. practicing safe sex. Come on, you established a history of this. What are you doing? Coming in fourth, bone sex. You weren't going all the way. It wasn't that sexy, but it was very tasteful. Mm -hmm. Hence the higher rating. Coming in third, grinding at the party. It was a halfy, so you would have thought that I would have ranked it a little bit lower. But I appreciate the audacity of it. Just like it <laughs> wouldn't camp. be. It's camp. Exactly. <laughs> it contributed to the trashiness. And it was the very last one in the movie. And I had to give it credit for that. Mm-hmm. Coming in second, the hot tub scene. It lasted too long. But again, it was too mm-hmm. ballsy. You got to mm-hmm. respect it. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing with like, I'm t- I have too many questions about, mm-hmm. you know, what happened with the condom. Uh, they had an argument after they were hanging out in the cop hot tub afterwards, and he just kind of ran out of the hot tub. I'm curious yep. about what happened to the condom afterwards. Right. I'm Where did really he, did he take it with him. Is it still in the hot tub? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Who discovered it? If it is still in the hot tub, yeah. like 
did it get thrown away? I, so many I'm questions. just exactly really invested in the journey of this thing. Yeah. Um, and for that, that's why I ranked hot tub number two. And then coming in number one, the ice scene, I was just so captivated by mm. the piece of ice on the, on the yeah. table. And I think that's what rounded it out is just what happened to the ice. It's more important to me than what happened to the condom. What happened to the ice? Did it melt? Did yeah. it leave a stain? Did she like the ice on it? on her or was she oh, just she definitely pretending? liked it are you sure positive that's cold i'm willing to go to the mat on this that's one. very cold i'm just saying i think she liked it all right i guess we'll never know i guess we'll never know anyway what is your <laughs> ranking okay so i have um starting at the very bottom in sixth mm. place um the no condom sex um, I think specifically because they had made such a big deal about them using condoms every other time, I was hyper aware of the fact that they weren't, and I knew it was going to lead to a like pregnancy scare storyline, and then worst nightmare of all, at least the stupid infertility storyline <laughs> that I didn't care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I had to rank it last. The grinding at the party comes in in fifth. Um, it was too much secondhand embarrassment. I could not stop thinking about how much I did not want them to be doing that and how like I'm positive that like Harden's father was across the room staring at them while that happened. I just don't like to think about it. Um, in fourth place, I have the ice. Um, I didn't like that they were arguing and then they mm-hmm. led into the sex. And then I also, you were captivated by the ice. I was annoyed by the ice. Mm. I was thinking like this really nice dresser is now going to have a water stain on it. You can't get water stains out unless you're going to sand it down and like restain it. Obviously they're not going to sand it down and restain it. Like the cup was right there. Why couldn't he just put it in the cup? I don't get it. Um, In third place, I have the sex nightmare thing where he launches himself across the room. Um, I liked the allegory to Twilight. I think it was very intentional on the part of the writers. Definitely not just something that happened. Um, I liked that there was a callback to our man, Robert. I, you know, Mm. he deserved to shine in this film. Have another moment. (laughs) If there wasn't going to be a Trevor, I'm glad there was a Robert. (laughs) Um, in second place, I have the phone sex. I thought it was very tasteful. I liked it. I liked the juxtaposition between the sex scene um, in the hot tub. Um, it was very modest in that manner. So I liked it. Um, and then in the top spot, first place, hot tub sex. I think it's fairly self-explanatory. Um, wh- the, why did he put it on underwater? <laughs> like this man canonically has so much sex. He knows, he should know better. There's no way that it just didn't like blue, blue, blue off into the ocean or into the hot tub. Into the ocean. <laughs> Maybe he practiced in the ocean first somehow at some point <laughs> in his life. Maybe, but yeah, I'm just, I'm captivated by it. Um, I don't like that it ran on for so long, but it's like funny enough to me that it makes up for it. I respect that. Thank you. I don't agree with the ranking, but I respect yeah, your, I respect yours as well. I think you laid out your points in a very respectable manner. Thank you. If any of you um, have watched after three or will watch after three, now that you've listened to this, please send your rankings to don'twatchlist at gmail.com. I'm very curious. <laughs> and that's, that's after, that's there after we, we collided. Or no, the second after one is after we, we collided. Third one is after we fell. 
Which, like, what do those even mean? Like, what do the titles even mean? They mean nothing. After number one, Mm -hmm. wasn't after anything. It was, in fact, before they got together. It was, in fact, before and during. After we collided, I guess it was, but then they broke up. Right. But so their journey was getting back together in that one. Right. So I guess I kind of get it. Sort of. I don't agree with it, though. Yeah. And then after we fell. You fell in the first one. So like it's true, but like it's not topical. Uh Uh-uh. Just interesting, interesting Mm. choice. It's um, probably up there in my favorite naming conventions. Um, I would say second to the Fast and Furious naming conventions. (laughs) Just in sheer audacity. And absurdity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after all that, that was a lot. Do you have anything before we go, Claire? After all that. Shut up. (laughs) I do have something before we go. Um, So I have another book for y'all this week. Um, It's called The Phantom Prince. Um, It is a memoir by Elizabeth Kendall. And I want to note that Elizabeth Kendall is her pen name. Um, Her real name is public information, like people know it, but she prefers not to use it um, so that she doesn't, um, you know, bring a lot of attention to her family. Um, especially because her last name is her ex-husband's last name. Um, and so she doesn't want to involve his family. So Elizabeth Kendall. Um, and she was the longtime girlfriend of Ted Bundy. So she dated him from 1969 um, all the way until early 1980s, 1981, 1982, well after he had been caught. Um, so to start off, I much prefer to read survivor stories than stories from like the perspective or um, talking about perpetrators of crime, like murderers, rapists, like I don't really care what they were thinking. Like they're just terrible human beings. Um, I would prefer much more to focus on survivors and their experience and how they've, um, you know, grown and taken care of themselves and things like that. So she chronicles her relationship with Ted Bundy throughout the years. Um, And she, it's really a testament to a lot of things, but the power, um, sometimes the like negative power of love, um, you know, narcissism, manipulation, substance abuse, so much more. Um, She, Elizabeth had become suspicious of Ted Bundy long before he was actually caught by police. Um, And she had reported him to the police multiple times um, as a potential suspect in a lot of the cases, in a few of the cases, not a lot. Um, And she was assured multiple times that he's not the killer. He's not the guy we're looking for. Don't worry about it. We're not even looking into him. And that was true at the time. But I mean, obviously, he did end up being, um, you know, the person who raped and murdered all of those women. Um, And... So she, you know, when you're reading it, you really see this balance of like her trying to understand, like, I love this person. I've shared my life with him for so long. I think he's doing really, really terrible crimes. And and like, she's trying to come to terms with it. Um, So she shares, you know, anecdotes about their time together. She shares pictures um, that they, like family pictures of her, her daughter and Ted. Um, She... Shares excerpts from letters that they wrote to each other while he was in prison after being caught, um, and she really just shares like her entire mindset throughout 
their relationship and everything. Um, and specifically the new edition is the one that I read and that I think everyone should read. So that's the one I'm recommending because it includes an afterword by Liz's daughter um, who was three when her mom met Ted Bundy. And she like grew up with this man being her father figure and she has a completely different perspective um, towards him than her mother does. Her mother sort of looks back on it um, and realizes, you know, she says like, I'll always love him in some cases. Um, and her daughter absolutely does not feel that way and has a much harsher opinion of him. Um, and it, I think it's just really powerful to see the ways different people um, absorb their trauma and deal with it. Um, overall, it's less than 200 pages. And I think it's a super worthwhile while read. It is definitely difficult to get through especially if you know a lot about Ted Bundy because you can sort of put together timelines in your head she doesn't necessarily go into detail about what he was doing during certain parts of their relationship but if you know enough about it you can sort of put together like oh he was kidnapping someone and then went to a baptism with her you know so it's definitely difficult to get through but it's short enough that um it's not impossible and I think it's worth it that sounds like an amazing read I definitely want to check it out it's really, really good. Do you have anything before we go? Perhaps something lighter? Definitely lighter, but it's not something that I would necessarily recommend. It's Ooh. almost like it's almost like an anti. Would you say people should put it on their don't watch list? Don't listen list. Oh, okay. Absolutely. But not because it's so bad, it's good. Because I hate it and it's terrible <laughs> and I hate the man who created it. Um, totally memeing. I'm sure he's a wonderful human being. Okay. Um, but the product I have beef with. <laughs> so there's this guy who sings about cities and towns all across the US. So he has multiple different albums featuring every single state in the US. So Alabama, Arkansas. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Connecticut. I'm not even seeing the whole song, but you get the picture. You skipped Colorado. Listen, <laughs> but I, so naturally when I heard about this guy, I listened to the one from my hometown. As you do. And so I happened to be from Washington state. And so I listened to Shocking. a couple of the ones from, you know, cities and towns that I recognized. And this guy grates on me. The way he sings these songs, <laughs> like every single song, at least four or five times per song, he's got to go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Please I really stop. like, yeah, that's what I felt like. <laughs> and it's just, it drives me bonkers. And I know his whole thing is that he like probably Wikipedia articled all of these different cities and towns so that he could create content, but his information was incorrect, out of date. And for my personal <laughs> hometown, he totally shat on everything. And he was just like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool, I guess. Like, I think the name of the song is like, cool, I guess, or it's fine. Like this city is fine. Literally, let me, be, let me be clear. All the rest is like, this is a great town. This is the coolest city on earth. This is the, the best you know, funky city. No, mine was, it was fine. Wait, what's his the name again? Fine. I want to look up my hometown. Guy who sings about cities and towns. That's such a stupid name. It's a stupid name. He's a stupid man. Uh, again, I'm sure he's a lovely human being. And this takes <laughs> right, a lot no of hard work, ha- hard work, dedication, hats off. But 
unbelievable, filthy, filthy drag on my hometown. And for that, I do not forgive you. And you will not be going on my listen list that more than you already have been. Um, mine is blank city, Massachusetts. Cause there's one in Wisconsin mm. best yet. I hate that. <laughs> mine. Let me, let me look up the actual name of it. <clears throat> let's see. Let's see. Oh yeah. Like here comes a blank song or this is the best city I'm singing about best blank anthem. What is mine? You might ask. I do ask. Yes. Um, listen to this song about blank. (laughs) Yeah, that dude's got something. He's got some beef with your hometown. Or my other hometown that I spent a lot of time in, a pretty good song about blank. (laughs) Like, what the fuck do you have against me, dude? Can I fucking help you? Like, you specifically, he's got an issue Specifically. Do you know what his hometown is? Like, does he ever say? Nope. Oh, I would love to know. At least I'm not Mount Vernon, Washington, which is just oh, the wow. name of the city. That's un- that's unfortunate. They also he also has a Des Moines, Washington. What what's up with this guy? What do you have against Washington State, my dude? <laughs> Can I help you? He just really hates Washingtonians. Mm-hmm. Washingtonians. So anyway, don't listen to this guy. Don't look up your hometown. It's not worth it. I promise. Everyone's gonna look up their hometown, I and know. I have to say, everyone's is gonna be better than yours. I know. <laughs> Makes me furious. But that's all I had for today. All I right, hope you enjoy note. listening or not listening. Well, they listen to us. They don't listen to the guy who sings about cities and towns. Indeed. So I hope you both enjoy listening and not listening. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>